This episode of Nocturne is brought to you with support from HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking delicious meals fun and easy. Each week, HelloFresh creates new recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes. There are three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. Kits are delivered right to your door. Each kit comes with fresh ingredients labeled clearly and measured precisely so you have exactly what you need and you know which ingredients go with which recipe. HelloFresh is a great way to try things you'd never think to cook on your own, like the crushed peppercorn steak with creamed kale and potato wedges that I recently made. If I'd tried it on my own, it would have been a disaster, but it came out great and tasted delicious. Visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code Nocturne30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. Again, that's Nocturne30. Listening to Nocturne, I'm Vanessa Lowe. As I've talked about in earlier episodes of Nocturne, a part of my fascination with night and darkness is the way our relationship to darkness can shift over time. One of the main ways that this happens is by walking into the dark, both literally and metaphorically. By walking toward the thing that scares us the most or causes the most pain we have the potential to almost magically transform it into something completely different. I think that my relationship to the darkness changing story starts when my migraine started. That's artist Cara Levine. For Cara, the darkness began with a small flicker. The auras were like casebook auras. I would see a small light wiggle, like lightning on the top right of my vision, and it would start very, very small, and it would be wiggling and shaking, wiggling and shaking, and then it would get bigger and bigger and start to arc, and then I would see its mirror on my top right of my left eye, and they would both get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they would start to gain color and arc and interrupt my vision until basically the whole front of my vision was filled with moving lightning bolts of rainbow colors. (laughs) And I could see through them, but I couldn't really do much. And I didn't have pain. And it always lasted almost to the minute, 30 minutes. And then I would just pause from what I was doing, you know, step aside, and then I would feel kind of like I had been hit over the head with a frying pan, like in a cartoon. Just kind of like, whoa, like woozy and like a little out of it, but mostly okay. No headache, no nausea, Not particularly dizzy, just a little like something happened here. I'm thinking of it as sort of a storm system that came through. So I went to the neurologist. I had no idea what was happening in my body. And I thought maybe I had an aneurysm or something. My vision was messed up. And he told me this is classic case auras and you're lucky you're not having headaches. The auras lasted for about 10 years, but I would get them... A couple times a year, ultimately, like up until recently, you know, I I didn't get very many. And I realized that there were some triggers, like staring into bright light, and sometimes stress would cause them. But it was pretty hit or miss. While the auras were technically part of a migraine, they were what's considered silent migraines. 
migraines mostly without pain. It wasn't until the pain arrived that Kara's life truly began to change. My migraines started in July of 2014, officially. I had auras for 10 years preceding that. I had never had a headache. I was taking a trip with the uh, guy I was seeing at the time, and we were up in Vancouver where it was high altitude. I had had a cocktail. I had come down from stress, and I was also like on a lake. So I was on a dock floating, you know, back and forth. So all of these things I've since learned are like perfect storm for a migraine. So I had an aura. And I was like, okay, I'm having an aura. I should take some something, Excedrin migraine now. I took Excedrin migraine. It didn't matter. I got a headache. In a couple hours, the headache went away. And then, two days later, I started having vertigo, which lasted 10 days. The vertigo, it was like, people have two kinds of vertigo, spinning and rocking. (laughs) And I was having rocking, where I felt like I was on a boat. I felt like I had sea legs after being on a boat and then getting on the land, but all the time. And I had only been on a dock for like a couple hours. And it wasn't like it was out to sea, you know, it was just, it was attached to the land. (laughs) So it was a part of my headache. It was very disturbing. It was hard to eat. I was nauseous. It was hard to be at work. Um, I was like clumsy on my feet. I was dizzy. And then things just tipped into very, very sick for a very long time. I became debilitated for the better part of four and a half, five months. And what that means in migraine terms is that you are having a headache, debilitating headache for more than 16 days in a month. So the migraine, my doctor would call it an auric migraine, which to me was sort of psychedelic in its nature. I would usually have an aura ahead of time, and then now the aura is no longer just something that I would pass through, but it was like a predecessor to a very painful experience. (laughs) I would get anxious. And a lot of what I went through for four months was fueled by fear. I mean, I remember this one time I was headache-free for like 12 hours and I went for a run. And in the middle of my run, I started having an aura and I just ran home as fast as I could so that I could get in a dark corner. Uh, I was super scared. A migraine is a swelling in the brain. So if you think about your nervous system, your whole nervous system is swelling, basically, and inflamed. And so your whole body is kind of aching, and all kinds of things happen. I don't throw up, a lot of people throw up, I do get nauseous. My mom would call it withering. She would see me when the migraine was coming, and I would sort of just back up into myself, and I would not be able to communicate, not desire to communicate, not be able to look people in the eye. Everything was hurting in my environment. Like just being here, seeing out your window behind you that there's light, like 
I used to not be able to sit in a room with a person backlit and try to talk to the person in front of me. The pain in my head would often be on both sides and I would have different kinds of feelings of pain, sometimes throbbing, sometimes stabbing, sometimes just constant dull, like literally feeling compression in my head, like it was not enough space in my skull. Sometimes feeling like there was like a bag of sand on me. It would feel like my whole spine would want to curl in and I was averse to everything in the environment. Like touch, sound, light. I just needed to burrow. And I could fall asleep with a headache, with really controlled breathing except for the times that it would wake me up. In the deep part of the migraines, I would have kind of visions moving through. You feel kind of stoned. You feel like people are moving in and out of your periphery, but you're not really there. You feel like someone's talking to you up close, but they're actually miles away. So you're having like, oral hallucinations in a way like and you're having physical hallucinations because your body doesn't feel like you have control of it your body is taken over it feels like you're moving in another system Kara's life began to revolve around her migraines she became immersed in a world of neurologists MRIs prescription medicines and headache journals I had had so many different kinds of tests and had been on many different kinds of drugs and the traditional ways to fight against it that your doctors suggest are drugs. I graduated to a nasal spray of Imitrex, which has a very immediate response. It's about 15 minutes and then it's in your system. So I would do the nasal spray and I would have a clock because I knew that I had 15 minutes till it kicked in and then as soon as it kicked in, I would come back to life and then I would have what I called my window. I would have a two hour window, almost to the minute, where I was literally available. <laughs> I, was, I was around, I could have conversation, I could hang out, I could laugh, I could smile. And then I would feel the window closing and I would wither rapidly. And then I would stay in my migraine for another 20 some hours the migraines became like a prison. Kara found herself limited in what she could eat, drink, smell, in order to avoid the crushing pain. They restricted where she could go and when. When I was having migraines, I basically had to stop driving at night for almost four months. And telling a girl from in Los Angeles to stop driving at night is not that great. So what would happen is, when I was driving. As the sun was going down, my blood would start to go up, actually physically, because like in the migraine, if you can visualize your blood is rising into your head out of your extremities. So what would happen is the sun was going down, I was becoming anxious, 
but that was because the headlights were coming on. And when the headlights came on, I was knocked out. Just like knocked out. I would be feeling really anxious. I would be racing. I would be like racing to get home, to walk the dog, to get the meal. No more driving. I was like an opposite of a vampire. I could only <laughs> be on the earth, in the public, while the sun was out. And the best was when it was overcast, because it wasn't too bright. I didn't go out very much at night, and I missed everything. I missed all of my friends' events. I missed any movie that came out. I, I missed everything. I'm a pretty social person, and suddenly... I couldn't be with anybody. I felt incredibly isolated, like so restricted in my life. This went on for several months. Kara was controlled by pain and the frequent need to retreat into darkness to just survive. It was a no-win situation. In order to avoid a pain that felt like it would kill her, she was having to withdraw from her life. In that period of darkness, I both felt dark, scared internally, and also felt only safe in the dark. Imagine your life shrinking to the scared spaces between migraines, or survival is like balancing on a knife edge between pain and isolation. This was how things were for Kara. And then something happened that took her over the edge, farther into the darkness than she thought she could ever go. I had my final test which was an EEG, which is the test where they put all the sensors on your head and all the wires. And they gave me this test to see if I was epileptic, which they knew I was not. But auric seizures are very consistent with people who have epilepsy. They were going to do two minutes of a strobe, 10 inches from my eyes, then three minutes of breathing to hyperventilation, and then 25 minutes of sleep. I don't know how you're supposed to sleep after those two things, but that was the protocol. So they started the strobe. Everything was pitch black in there. The thing about the strobe, it was like a superhighway. It was like a bullet train <laughs> to the bottom. Like, uh, there was no going past go, collecting $200. There was no pre-dronal stage. There was no warm-up. I mean, it was just like zero to 60. And, um, and like within a couple of seconds, I was in the worst migraine I had ever had. It was like instantaneous. I had like hit the ocean floor. And I had this vision. I like landed on the bottom of the ocean. Everything that I had on, I had all this weight on me just like, whoo, like flung off me and landed on the ocean floor. It was like a bunch of heavy jackets and then they were off. And it was under all this water. It was like this huge release. Like I just dropped and like everything fell off and then I could float to the top. I mean, it was like a, a, a huge orgasm or something. I was like in this vision through the breathing. <laughs> the pain was still there. It was like it was in a waking dream. I had an awareness that I was in this hospital and that I was in this test and that I was in pain. And I had this awareness that something was profoundly changing. 
and that I had to go back into that place, into the sea place. And somehow I, I fell asleep. And then I got up at the end of it. I knew that I was going to be debilitated for another 20 hours. It was like full on. The main way that I would deal with headaches at that point was with ice and darkness and time and breathing. So I stayed in bed. What I later felt was that I had spent hundreds of hours in deep meditation. There was like no space for thinking and no space for doing anything. It's like you have a dream mind, but you're not asleep. Your, your body is coursing this pain. It's like coursing through it. And so what happened in those 20 hours in particular is that I had had the experience at the bottom of the ocean and suddenly I was in that darkness and the patterns of that darkness began to feel familiar. Whereas in the previous four and a half months, I had so much fear. Like I thought for sure I was gonna die from this, whatever it was. And then I had this turn and it was like walking into a cave and I had been there a hundred times before but I had never opened my eyes. And then suddenly I opened my eyes and I opened my hands and I could feel my way through the cave. I could see it, like I could see the contours of it. I could see the like turns and the rooms and like all of this depth. And I was not afraid and I knew it was gonna end and I knew I was gonna live. Like it was a very, incredibly profound experience where I suddenly was like, I'm not going to die from this. I can live. I'm, I'm living. I'm still alive. And there's so much to live for. I was using love. Like it just washed over me. Like it just flooded me. And I got up from that headache and I took my dog to the woods where we would go after headaches, like regularly. And I had like an ecstatic experience. I burst into tears. I like was, it, I was seeing like for the first time, I was smelling, I was touching. I was, I was like prostrating on the earth. I was so profoundly grateful. I was laughing and I had so much thanks. I just, I had so much thanks for being alive and and that was a huge turning point. Afterwards, that's when it really dramatically shifted. I started to, I don't want to say look forward to my migraines because I didn't look forward to them. I was always having the mentality that if I could not have migraines, I would be better. <laughs> Nevertheless, during these periods, because I continued to be debilitated for about 20 hours every time I had a headache, which was almost every week, it began to be this time that I knew how to be in. And 
I sort of, yeah, I guess I sort of looked forward to it. It was, um, I had a protocol. I had a lot of pain. I mean, I had a lot of heat and a lot of pain. I would ice my head. I would fall asleep with ice in multiple places on my head. But I would drop into these kind of trance states where it was like suddenly my consciousness agreed to have the migraine. And I would go through a really quick process of surrender where before I was not surrendering. And then I was surrendering. And what that meant continued to evolve. Like the surrender just continued to go further and further and further. And it was like I was on a boat on the water and I thought I was surrendering as soon as I let go of the oars and I was going downstream. But then I jumped out of the boat and then I thought I was surrendering, just floating down the stream. But then I started to sink under the water and let the water wash over me. And then I started to sink deeper and deeper and deeper and feel the weight of the whole river and the whole river flowing over me like I was a rock. And I would land at the bottom like I was one of the rocks and I could breathe, like it could just move over me. I wasn't drowning, I was just watching. And that's really what it felt like. There was further to go. And it was such a special time. And it's that kind of surrender that that was so deep that could happen in the darkness. Sometime later, Kara found herself at a healing workshop in the woods of Northern California. And everybody was supposed to find a site that they wanted to connect with. And I found this burnt out redwood stump and it just like drew me to it. It was pretty low, but I went all the way in it and I burrowed inside of it. And my head was like underneath spider webs and laying in a bed of pine needles. And it was very dark, like pitch black dark. But if I just looked closely at the wall of it, I could start to make out the texture on the side of the tree and how it's actually like silver and not black and look at the web so closely and see it's like silkiness and see it reflecting and to feel super safe and held and content in a place that was essentially pitch dark like to be in it long enough to see its edges. That is my relationship to the dark now. It's like, I can look really closely. I'm willing to give the time to see it. I don't want to go away from it. I don't want the light in the same way. It's like an awareness of something that wasn't there before is now there and takes up so much space, so much profound beauty. Like I've been missing it before. I didn't have the awareness that the darkness had so much depth. And now it's like the deepest well that keeps going. And I, I want more. 
and I still get claustrophobic, which is very common for migraineurs, but now I have a practice of really trying to meditate deeply in that claustrophobia and feel, find the spaciousness. It's the same kind of process. It's like the dark is not closing in on you. There is room there. You just have to like give it the space to be. It was that this core experience shifted my relationship to the dark. And I do believe that that moment in the EEG was like a, a dime I turned on that I've never before had an experience. I've had a lot of powerful experiences in my life. I've never before had an experience that has completely shifted my awareness. I feel like my work is to be in the darkness and to look at all of the darkness and to be okay with it. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. Kara did an art piece on her migraines called The Migraine Levitates While Everyone Else is Asleep. You can find links for this and all of Kara Levine's art at our website, nocturnepodcast.org, in the notes for this episode. Nocturne is produced with support from KCRW's Independent Producer Project which provides resources to creative storytellers around the world. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting this episode of Nocturne. Visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code Nocturne30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. Nocturne is proud to be a member of The Herd, a collective of smart and beautiful storytelling podcasts. Find out more at TheHerdRadio.com. That's H-E-A-R-D. Thanks for listening.